Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Sunday edition of the New Media Show. Of course, I'm joined with my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good morning, Todd. It's uh, it's good to be back. Uh, it's our uh, second most common uh, New Media Show day, Sunday. So yeah, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, I think there's been a few people that are waiting in anticipation for this uh, this episode because they were talking about it. A couple of days ago, wondering to know what we were going to say, but um, you get some. It's not very often. Let's well just get into it. It's not very often that podcasting makes TMZ. <laughs> no, it's not. Meaning, yes. meaning podcasting is in in the news at TMZ, and uh, I was looking for a prop. I couldn't find a prop, but. Uh, <laughs> The prop I was looking for was you. You do the stats. You do the stats as I tell you how to do the stats. <laughs> uh, people are like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and but there is so there is a news story, and and again, this is a, a news story. We don't know if it's fact, alleged. Um, lawsuits look to be appearing, um, but here's the title here is the title of TMZ. Podcast One founder sued. He pulled a gun to intimidate me into fudging podcast data. That's the headline. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, after reading the story, I think they're, they're a, I don't know if those two things are necessarily as related. Maybe they are. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, you know, you know, pulling a gun and fudging podcast data. Don't I don't know if it's, it's entirely the same. <laughs> Again, these are this is alleged. This is not yeah, well. Okay, so yeah, let's it's be one careful. person saying this is what happened to another person. Right. R- right. Um, yes. So it, it's kind of a he said she said thing. Um, yeah. So you know, this kind of is a difficult one for me to talk too much about publicly, but, um, <laughs> why is that Rob? You know, I, I don't know. Well, it's just Did how far down to... that rabbit hole do I want to go? Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Cause you used to work yeah. there, right? I did. <laughs> I did for a year. I was in Norm's yeah. office every, every day for hours a day, uh, for many months. You know, uh, I, and I, and I was in Norm's office at least twice and, you know, yeah. I, I I never saw any of this behavior. You know, so I uh, you know just going to my personal uh, experience. No, you wouldn't with have. No, no, you wouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I mean, um, I mean, it's it's common knowledge. I mean, guns were a part of Norm. Um, well, he's a Norm he's, had he's a, a deputy sheriff. A, a sheriff. A, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. He's a reserve sheriff. Reserve in, sheriff. Uh, uh, Los Angeles County. He carries around a sheriff's badge. So he does have a, a, a license to carry a, a weapon. Um, so he's got them in his office. He's got one in his car. Um, I've, I've seen them before. So, uh, so it's, you know, there's a lot of, lot of stuff that goes on down there. Um, it's hard to really know for sure what's, what's behind it or whether it's just, you know, sharing, you know, um, bragging, whatever you want to call it. But 
I think s- s- some employees down there have felt a little uncomfortable with the with the presence of guns. You know, I think uh, that's always been the case. Um, so anyway, it's uh, it's a difficult uh, place down there at times to to work. Um, so I all I can say is I'm not there anymore. So there's there's a good reason for that. <laughs> you know, every company has their own internal policy on firearms and um i'm uh you know i'm uh but what an employee carries in their uh well you know i don't we've never had to address that we've never had a firearm policy at 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 blueberry at all you know so it, it guess it's never come yeah. up i guess if it does it will but you know if someone's got a concealed carry um and they feel they need to have to do that then if, as long as that's legal i i guess i'm okay but i don't know if i'd want anything ever to be that's you know there comes responsibility when you have uh have that authority too you know there's yeah. a, there's responsibility on how you display and everything else that goes along with that if it's uh mm-hmm. in a purse or holstered on an ankle or something to that effect that's but a lot of workplaces don't allow it you know they don't allow it well the, yeah exactly and it's it, it's not it's just not something you want to have around with people. But, uh, but as far as the fudging the numbers part, uh, I know Ray was a show producer. So he was the one that was in there, uh, working with the talent to get episodes uh, recorded and out the door. So that's, that's where I a little bit question the, the whole fudging the numbers part. Cause usually show producers don't really get involved in the metrics side too much. Oh, so um, he would, he would have so, been involved in production, but not in, reporting the actual yeah exactly so unless he was see i don't know what the particular situation is because all this happened after i left so um i would just be surprised that he was involved in in numbers unless he was sharing numbers with talent um you know about their their show's performance which i guess is possible so yeah but uh, you know tmz they're in a, they're in the business of getting uh page hits so you know they're going to write the most crazy headline that they can well if you think about what what usually happens in lawsuits is uh, things get the most extreme things get claimed because you know and i would say usually half of it is accurate um or or true because you're trying to win a case so people tend to exaggerate and overemphasize and and don't always 100 percent tell the truth just because they're trying to win so you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt, but I do also have to say I'm not necessarily 100% surprised at these things. Um, it's just kind of the culture that exists down there. So they, um, there's on the TMZ website, uh, Norm says, and this is a quote, this guy must be crazy. I never met alone with him. I didn't hire him or fire him. I barely know who he is. The fact that I'm a law enforcement reserve is well known as a public service awards in my office. He adds, I didn't and would never act in this manner that's been described. We have received no lawsuit, but I presume this is in response to our letting him know today that we're going to sue him. His allegations are absurd. Attorney for Podcast One tells us they're suing Hernandez for stealing intellectual property, and they have no idea why he was canned from his most recent job. Hmm. Um, Well, uh, yeah, so... 
so Norm knew who Ray was. Uh, Ray was in his office every Monday morning or Tuesday morning for team meetings. And uh, Ray was right upstairs. Ray was involved in producing some of the biggest podcasts on his network. So I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say that Norm didn't know the guy. <laughs> so anyway, that's just me. I work with the guy guy every day myself. He was in the office when I was there. According so. to the lawsuit, the boss man flaunted the firepower in order to intimidate Hernandez, said he was told to juice the numbers on podcast downloads in order to boost advertising revenue. Hernandez says he let it be known around the office he wasn't comfortable fudging numbers and he was fired shortly thereafter. Hernandez says the gunplay was also motivated by revenge. Last year, comedian Heather... Oh, this is... Last year... Comedian Heather McDonald aired a recording of uh, Pattis sexually harassing her while she was on the job. He made a comment about supporting her breast in the docks. Hernandez says Pattis thinks he leaked audio to Hernandez and eventually pressured Hernandez's new employer to 86 him. Hernandez with his attorney Rob Reichman is saying Pattis for assault, whoa, wrongful termination, and whistleblower retaliation. That's pretty serious. Yep. So, well. So, where where does the assault? Now, he he doesn't say, he says he brandished a handgun in the office on multiple occasions, bragged about his deep ties with law enforcement docs obtained by TMZ. He said the broadcast mogul would sometimes place the gun on his desk with the barrel pointed at Hernandez. Ooh. Well, yeah. Yeah, again, you don't. If you have a concealed carry, it's not you. You keep it uh, stashed and you keep it away, and you you know you don't put it on the desk and you know play spin spin the pistol. You know that that's uh, yeah. So wow, not the All kind I can of say is I'm not the kind. I'm not surprised. Not the kind of news that they need. This is the second thing that's come out over there. Yeah. So, um, you know, wow. It's a big. It's a big distraction from what he's trying to do there. That's for sure. Yeah. So, well, anyway, <laughs> there's been a few other things that have come up here. Yeah, yeah, lots of other stuff besides making TMZ. That's one way to keep podcasting in the news. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's always good to have a good controversy now and then. Yeah. Right, right. Keeps 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 people paying attention. Yeah, they do. Well, I have so. to, maybe I have to start using it. Maybe I need to take a squirt gun or something to the office or something. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Actually, those taser, those taser, a little taser. Oh that's well, you, you know the way things are these days. You take a squirt gun to work, you're going to end up dead. You know, there's just uh, yeah, no. No, thank you. I'm just joking, by the way. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah. what's some of the other headlines you've seen? I've kind of been head down this whole past week. Well, not so much a headline other than a little uh, bird gave us gave us a little bit of a tip on something. Oh, um, oh I must have missed you... it. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. Well, uh, something related to, to Apple and... Um, uh, I, podcast episodes that are um oh, air, airing, oh yeah 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 promoting um 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 other listening apps getting taken down from the, the apple store yeah so yeah. okay 
Um, I think we, you remember now. No, yeah, 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 back? yeah. I'm just like, whoa. Because um, it, okay, so we can't, I can't even say when it come in here because that could narrow things down. So if the, if the, if this is true and we don't have any substantiating follow-up information, um, this is a little bit troubling. So well, let's let's back up and really really clarify what we're talking sure, about. Here. Sure. I know I said it really fast, and I don't know if, uh, if everybody clearly understood what I what I said here. But Go ahead. what I said was is that there's there's what appears to be substantiated um, um, evidence kind of te- evidence or testimonial that we've gotten that Apple is removing episodes from shows that promote other listening platforms too heavily. Uh, too too heavily, yes. Um, and, and in some ways, th- th- this is a little bit consistent with Apple's content policy to some degree. If you look at how they filter um, cover art, like they won't promote any cover art that promotes that blatantly promotes a website uh, or or mentions you know another service uh, or or a competitive listening platform. But it appears now they're they're cracking down on app, apps that uh, or there are actual show episodes that are all about or, or promoting some sort of a, another listening platform. So, yeah. So you know, I don't know if this has happened before, or if this is new, but you know, here's the concern: if this is the case, where if you are, let's say, you're running a special episode. And you're talking about the launch of something or the update of something because we do, you know, we do that at Blueberry on our PowerPress podcast. We talk about stuff that's going on with our, you know, our network. So if I was to be promoting something heavily within our space, and all of a sudden that episode remote was removed from iTunes, um, I I think I would have a big issue um, with that in that. Basically, the content is getting censored. So, yeah, well, we seem to be getting into a lot of terms of service issues. I know I'm I'm being faced with a lot of them here lately too, um, and I think I think it's maybe a sign that the the podcasting space is kind of kind of maturing and branching out and getting involved in a lot of different areas of business and. And uh, people are using the medium. The medium is fairly is powerful. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that's been happening. I've been spending a lot of time um, with sites that are, and I know this has probably been going on with even your platform, Todd, for years. But um, it, it, it appears to be happening a lot more now, where there's terms of service violations. Um, you know, I know early a few episodes ago we talked about the whole controversy around white supremacists and Nazi and fascist podcasts getting taken down. And, and th- those are terms of service issues. And then there's been, you know, I mean, w- with me, I've had to deal with a couple of, you know, uh, harassment issues wow. uh, that are also part of the, the terms of service issues between co-hosts, you know, hosts and co-hosts fighting with each other um, and, and making accusations to each other and it's pulling us into kind of dealing with issues like that. Uh, there's terms of service issues 
out there uh, from a lot of different areas th- these days. Um, uh, I've I've had a show I had to deal with just this past week that um, was publishing other uh, big name podcasts in into their account on Spreaker. Um, you know, like they would they would grab the RSS feed uh, from a, another show like a big show like serial or lore or, you know, a show that's being monetized and drop it into their RSS feed or, or put it into their show account and rehost that file. Whoa. Um, and, and try and make money from it. So I had one show on our network that had 60,000 episodes uh, of other people's content that was rehosted on our platform. Um, so, you know, we shut them down like overnight. <laughs> right. Because I was getting cease and desist notices from all parts of the, of the broadcasting space. <laughs> um, so, is, so anyway, it so, if you, is it someone yeah. that just doesn't know and they think they're being cool or is this someone that's purposely doing this to make money? I know it's hard to tell for sure, but I mean, it certainly looks like they, they, they don't think they're doing anything wrong. Um, and it's probably a little bit of lack of knowledge, but it's also a little bit of kind of like, well, well you know, I'm just helping these shows out by giving them more distribution. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the issue is, is that they, they even went down, down the rabbit hole of resubmitting those shows to iTunes, um, and creating duplicate accounts in iTunes. And so, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's, that's no, that's not, that's yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's not cool. That's so, not cool at all. Yeah. So we're, you know, and it's, you know, we've tried to make it easy for shows to, you know, to migrate and move and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But those tools can be used to, uh, to, um, be weaponized of sorts. <laughs> Um, so we have to keep a close eye on that kind of stuff. And then it's, there's the usual kind of music terms of service stuff that comes up, um, on, a, on, a, on occasion as well. So I don't know, Todd, are you guys facing a lot of terms of service issues these days? You know, it's very random. You know, I, I, I haven't had anything for a couple of weeks, you know, so, you know, the, the biggest challenge, we, you know, probably the biggest complaint we have is people say, oh, my podcast is listed on your directory. I'm like, yes, it is. And if it, you haven't claimed it, go ahead and claim it. That way you can yeah. update it. And every once in a while, someone doesn't want their show listed on the directory. So, I mean, of course, we remove yeah. it when they ask. And uh, oftentimes when yeah. you explain to them your directory, then they, oh, 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 they kind of get it. And then they, they're cool, but and not always. Yeah, it is an interesting phenomenon that uh, there's a certain percentage, and it, this this actually went on even back when I was working on Zoom at Microsoft. Is that you know, occasionally we would send an email out to all of the shows that were hosted on yep. our platform, yep. just to notify them that they were they were listed, they were on our platform, and there would always be like four or five of them, or you know, it could be a little more than that um, that would react negatively to mm-hmm. it. Um, even though they were just passed through, right? It's just like iTunes or Stitcher or any of that. Actually, it's back in those days, it was actually better than Stitcher, but, um, cause, cause there were still, you know, Stitcher was rehosting uh, right. back in those days. Um, but yeah, there, there's just been this, um, steady <coughs> communication of people saying, take down my, my show off of your, you know, your platform. So 
it gets back to the, with a certain amount of people, it's around control, right? Yep, um, which is fine. I don't want to be there unless I submitted my show to be there, you know. So, and, and then when you have a lot of new people that come, come into this space, I guess they don't always understand the the open nature of podcasting, how feeds um, get get shared and and platforms host them. Um, not host them, but um, make them available them. to yeah. listeners. Yep. Yeah, um, and that's not harmful to their 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 uh, copyright. Um, it's it it just gets them more listeners, and that's 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 the goal. It's the same thing what you're doing with your directory. Same thing that we're doing with the Spreaker, um, uh, a listening platform, is that we're adding shows there. Um, and, People also submit to us as well, but um, but we're trying to build out a, a, a robust listening platform as well. So. You know the the directory. We don't. Um, you know, I think we're our claim. The number of shows that have actually been claimed is like I don't know, maybe eighty thousand shows have been claimed, and then two hundred twenty or whatever the number is, two hundred forty thousand shows haven't been claimed. So we don't. Um, we do not email those shows that are unclaimed we don't uh you know we don't scribe their itunes email address and and then you know send them an email back and say hey by the way um you know so we only email those folks that have claimed their show and um and let you know give them updates in the newsletter and and all that stuff but uh yeah it can be um in every you know in and we watch our um unsubscribe rate to the newsletter and all that stuff too to see you know making sure we're we're you know we're doing the right tone in our our monthly announcements but the you know it's it's it, it, it's an education sometimes like you said sometimes you just got to tell the podcaster listen we're just a directory um you know and oftentimes what will happen is you know it's sad because sometimes we'll get complaints from the listeners saying hey where did that show go and I'm like, well, the podcaster asked for it to be delisted. Please, you know, visit their website and and grab it. And then sometimes the listeners doesn't even don't even know they have a website. So that's important for the podcasters that are listening to make sure that you're always promoting on your own show where your actual website is. Tell them come over to such such dot com and 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 this is where you find this is the home base of the show. But so many podcasters today that are like using SoundCloud and those types of sites. Um, they don't have a secondary site. That's it. Uh, they're just they mm -hmm. have a single page somewhere with with the episodes listed, and that's their that's their brand. That's their point of presence. That's where the you know world finds them, and uh, they really don't have a home. So uh, those shows have an even much bigger challenge, and and uh, they're also more susceptible being you know losing their entire. Uh, their entire program if they put something in their pr program that violates the terms of service or something like that and uh soundcloud drops them which soundcloud has done to many shows uh then mm -hmm. you're homeless you you you're go you're gone you're you had an extinction event because you didn't have a place to send your listeners to come find you again yeah but um, yeah are you still seeing seeing a lot of shows uh, leaving soundcloud you know, we're, we're still getting a, a fair number that are migrating over. It, it's not like it was, for sure. You know, out of sight, out of mind, yeah. they've got cash. But, you know, they're, 
they're doing some weird things in their forums we've been noticing so we don't know what's going on over there um but uh you know it's soundcloud and continues to be this questionable entity of where podcasting is going to fall out over there with the new management and um you know their march to making money having to make money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hey i noticed that the the comedy central folks uh launched a podcast network yeah i heard that too <clears throat> which is kind of kind of interesting you know They've actually been in the podcasting space. I don't know uh, why why this is huge news. They've been in the podcasting space from a greater or lesser degree, um, really, for many, many years. I know I went back and I actually went to their offices back in New York um, many years ago talking about their po- podcasting efforts. Um, and they they had shows, you know, back in, I think, 2007 uh, through, I don't know, 2010 or 11. And they backed off from it for a few years, like a lot of, uh, like a lot of other big media companies did. Yep. Um, and then it looks like now they're back into it again. So, uh, which, is, which, is, which is good to see. It looks like they have, what, five shows, something like that? Mm, yeah, I'm not five, sure. Five podcasts, the... Jim Jeffries show, show, The Daily Show with Trevor, The Daily Show original miniseries, The History of the Roast, and Up Next. And I think even back in the early days when they had uh, podcasts, they they had like four or five back then too. So this is maybe just a, a reimagining <laughs> of their podcasting efforts, I guess. Right. So, so well, I thought that was interesting. Well, when I... Um Next Sunday, I'm going to be going back to the East Coast, and uh, one of the stops I'm making is uh, I'm going to go visit the guys in their studio in Detroit, Podcast Detroit, that network. So I'm going oh. to stop in there and um, and meet with uh, with their team and and check their uh, uh, check their studio out. So uh, they've got pretty big operation going on there. So I'm pretty excited with the. Uh, with what that team is doing. So, yeah, I'm going to be up in their office uh, next Monday, a week from Monday. Oh, wow. And, okay, uh, awesome. And go visit them and um, to kind of get a, a feeling for, you know, because we're hearing about all this stuff going on with, you know, with these networks and so many networks launching and growing. Um, oh, yeah. Going to start, you know, at least go sure. in and talk with them and you know, see, what, uh, see what they're doing. Todd, did you see that uh, ACAST got $19.5 million yeah, from that's a, that's a group a, of S- Swedish investors? That's a, big, yeah. that's a big check. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. A and, lot of money. And I think both of us thought that ACAST was a little bit um, maybe on the rocks a little bit, but this, uh, this should prop them up a little bit. Prop them up. Holy cow. 19.5 million. <laughs> you know, if they don't start buying, they should take, what are they going to do with the money? Did they say? That's, that's, that's actually what I'm trying to, I guess they're, let's see here. I guess they're into mobile apps, cloud storage, analytics, other features for advanced programmatic advertising tools for marketers. Um, prior to, to now, ACAST raised 13 million. I just it just blows so me away. That much money? Yeah. It's you know, 30, 33 and a half million dollars. That's what's been thrown into that company so far. It's really 
blows me away that they've gotten that much money. Because the most money Pod Show ever got, I think they got twenty six, twenty seven million. Yeah, uh, that was a long time ago, though. Yeah. yeah, but you know, here this, you know, what that does now is that that puts them under a lot, a lot of pressure. pressure. They have oh, to, yeah. they have to, they got to make a bunch of money, a bunch, you know, and yeah. um, they claim they have fifty six, a vague number. They claim they have fifty six million listeners per month. I don't, I don't believe that in a second. Fifty six million. Yeah, how many? They have two thousand creators on its platform. Hmm. Those those numbers don't tend to. I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, I. I yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, yeah. We'll see. But they, you know, this is huge. Yeah. yeah. This is the biggest funding deal in the podcasting space yeah. to happen. In a long, 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 long time. Well, that just, you know, uh, if they got 19.5 million, I should be able to get 50. So, <laughs> serious. <laughs> yeah. And well, even 10, right? It's, <laughs> it's you know, let's be honest with you. It, I just, I don't know where they're. I don't see it. Yeah. I don't see it. Are they doing that kind of revenue? To get $19 million, that says that you're, that you are worth, you know, 60 or more, you know, and actually with 13 million before 33, no, you, you got, you got to be worth a hundred million dollars. That's the goal. Then they say pre pre cap valuation is around a hundred for them. I, I where I, I i don't believe that yeah i'm not sure what the scope of the company is i mean you know, it they talk about having sales teams in multiple uh regions of the world mm -hmm. uh, it, as well as content teams so uh, i'm i have heard that the hosting there is typically free and this is purely an advertising platform I I, what I've I migrate a lot heard. of people off my cast, a lot. Yeah. So, so if if you see, even if okay, fifty okay, I just took fifty six million, right? Fifty six million listens per month. I divided that entire, I divided that by a thousand. By two thousand. By no, I divided it by a okay. thousand and multiplied it by twenty dollars CPM. If if they if they monetize the entire stack before commission, one point one million a year, times twelve, that's twelve thirteen point four million. They probably work on a fifty fifty revenue share, so that means that they have the potential of generating if they sold every every episode and got twenty dollars CPM, they they, they get six Seven million is their gross a year. That that's not well, a that's, did you, that's not a hundred million dollar company. No, that's true. Yeah, did you read the paragraph uh, talking about um, the company claims fifty six million listens per month? A listen is defined as an audio segment that's listened to for at least sixty seconds. Oh, that 
that okay. That's following. That's their, that's, that's filling the, the. That's their metric. That's that's following the IEB standard. No, it's not. Well, it doesn't talk about the uniques either. So, so even taking that. I mean, not on, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's just do. Yeah. You know, someone doesn't know how to do math. You know, and if they think, yeah, they must, they're, they're betting that they're going to be able to grow this out bigger. And maybe they will. But, uh, you know, there, ACAS has been in the news recently, too, for challenges of people leaving. So, yeah, okay, it's okay. It's all yeah. right. Well, so, congratulations to them, but... Uh, Wow, that's there's a huge pressure. They're, they they got to make some moves, big moves. They got more money than Podcast One did. They got more money than than what looks. I think how much money has Midroll got? You know, they. I don't know. I mean, a lot of those numbers ha- haven't been announced, so it's hard know, that's, to know. That's a huge, huge number. You know. Yeah. And it puts what 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 you know. Yahoo! Because now we're yeah. now we're getting into uh, you know it, it's fine it's you know it's now it when other investors come in that's the bar see nineteen point five million on fifty six million listens yeah I can work that <sighs> yeah 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 you know yeah. what are we it's actually- what am I measuring? A hundred and close a hundred and not, not listens. I'm measuring what close to 150 million downloads. So okay. <laughs> well, we are talking about Swedish investors here, so maybe they're not quite as knowledgeable as in the space. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But uh, yeah, you know. I just, uh, I'd like to, I'd like to send that. I, you, you, what you really want to see is the sheet, is the pitch sheet they used to get that nineteen five. You know, <laughs> yeah. you want to see the deck on that. You know. Well, and well, and how much share did they have to give up to get that money? Right. Yeah. How much? How much did they That's... have? You're right. But um, you know, so what are they? So they're they're. They're gonna to have to start buying some stuff. That's the only thing that I'm thinking. They're gonna to have to come in and try to buy some stuff. So who are they gonna buy? They're gonna buy Libsyn. Um, who are they gonna buy? Yeah, there's. I do think that we are coming into a phase where if there's this kind of money getting thrown at the space, that there's gonna be more consolidation and 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 mergers happening. If if I had uh, 19.5 in the bank. Uh, we, we, I would be on, I'd be gone for two weeks cause I'd be buying everything I could. <laughs> well, I'm just, Todd's t- going I would have, I would have went shopping and I brought the checkbook, you know, Todd's, Todd's, Todd's <laughs> going to the podcaster <laughs> target store. <laughs> cause the only way you grow to a hundred million is you consolidate. You gotta, you've got to take some players off the board. So Todd, so who would you buy? I'm not saying anything. <laughs> okay, I, I I just had to ask. Who would I'm you Who would you buy? So if you had 19.5, five, 
and you could spend 10, who would you buy tomorrow, Rob? And I know you work for Spreaker, so you can't say too much. Who would you buy? <laughs> who would Rob buy? Oh, I think, uh, oh, oh, Rob, Rob Walsh? No, no. Who would, oh, me? Yeah, who would person? you buy? You can't buy Libsyn for 10, so they're off the I, board. I, yeah, I know you can't. Um, hmm. It's actually not enough money, actually. It's not enough. Us. It's not enough. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> because you still have to operate your business. Right, right. So you, you don't want to spend it all. You, you spend so 10 any, of it. You spend 10 million of it. Uh, that's probably still too much. Or not enough? No, you, you got to find some out there, Todd. You got to go, you know, you, you can't, I mean, going to Target's fine, but you got to go to the value store. Yeah, you got to go to the dollar store, which means you got to buy some technology that can boost up uh, your platform, but not break the bank, you know. You so, know, I just, it just amazes me what I built with what I, for, for how much I built it on. <laughs> yeah, because if... I'm I, I'm Acast. I'm I'm looking to buy some to tech. Survive. Yeah, yeah, or build some stuff. But that but the space is moving pretty fast. Building so building think, takes a while. If you have to build something over the does. next two years, it's too late. Yeah, yeah. So you might um, you might be in a tough spot because I, I think buying some of the bigger players in this space would be more money than they. they yeah, have. that's probably true. So now granted they've, they've already had 13 million. So I don't know what they've done with that money up to yeah, this point. I don't know either. I um, mean, unless they've got, you know, they've been bringing in significant revenue that's covered their operating costs. That's just, you know, my just, guess is if they went back to and got another 19, they're, they're, they're operating in, in, in the negative territory for their whole existence. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. I'll say wouldn't have had to, right? That's right. And by the way, Raw Voice Blueberry, we've never took any venture. We've never took any investment. We own it. I own. We own a hundred percent of the company. That's good. Yes, it is. You just you, It's always good. There's no pressure. There's still pressure. It's just not that kind of pressure. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is a whole different kind of pressure. So mm, you know, and not. you know, you you're not going to go buy. Podbean, they got a cash cow. They got uh, no overhead. They got all Chinese workers, except for their few support people in the United States. That thing is that that whoever owns that that Chinese owner that 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 thing is just like a that's a money maker because they have no you know they have literally no overhead. They don't have the overhead that uh, that you have or we have because you know we pay people uh, fair American wages. Um, so. You know, that, that one, no one's going to buy that one because, you know, that one's just a, you know, show me the money. And, you know, they print $100 bills over there. So um, they're off the table. Who else would be on there? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's they either going to buy content or, or technology. Hmm. It seems like that a lot of the investment has been going into content. Um, or some sort of um, advertising-related um, companies. Yeah. So, uh, it's and this was the struggle. The, the 
I, I was in, you know, when I was working at podcast one is that, you know, this whole technology versus, um, advertising sales. Um, a lot of, lot, a lot of the investors back in 2014 were not valuing, um, content. They were valuing tech. Mm-hmm. Now it seems like that the pendulum has swung the other way. Now investors are valuing content. Yep. So, um, which is, that, that's a significant change. Uh, and now we're seeing big money go into platforms that are supporting the development of content. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if this ACAS investment is around developing content. Uh, it's not clear. Uh, or if it's around developing their platform and their ad sales. Um, if I look at the history of other deals, most recent deals, it's been around content development. Um, Gimlet, that was around content development. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and that's hard, you know, it's, it may, you know, I guess if you're a content creator, maybe it isn't hard, but it seems to me that there's a bigger gamble with content than there is, you know, it's. Yeah. It's, and the big shift that's happened now with the cadence, uh, 13, which is, a the former digital group, they actually formed a whole new kind of executive team. Um, that's focused on creating content. I mean, one of the guys that I worked at, uh, worked with at podcast one is now in charge of their programming development. Hmm. I mean, a lot, I mean, a lot of those guys come out of radio. Um, yeah. so we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of, um, blending with radio right now that's going on in the podcasting space a lot more than I think people really realize. Uh, a lot of the talent that came out of radio is is getting lined up in the podcasting space right now, uh, and some of the some of the folks are really good people. So it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they create and how that how that grows and develops. But uh, this definitely is a content era that's happening right now, um, and a lot of that energy because Todd, let's just admit it: the technology is pretty much what it needs to be mm-hmm. right now. I mean, I, I don't see any huge evolutions or improvements to technology that's going to have a big impact on the success of podcasting anymore. I think it's reached a certain level where it's like, it's good enough, right? Um, I don't know that there's massive improvements that need to be made. I know people keep running at this whole um, desire to improve discovery, right? But we've talked about that a lot on this show and, you know, Podcast search engines are just not, that's not the answer to anything. Um, in my view, I don't know what your view is, Todd. I think you probably agree. Um, discovery is not a big issue. Well, it keeps coming think? up. It keeps coming up. But I, I, I've always, I've never been on board thinking that's an issue. I never said discovery is a, you know, even a challenge. Yeah. I, to me, it's a it's a it's a non-starting topic, completely. Yeah, yeah. but there seems to uh, just this steady run-up of um, we got to have better search engines. We got to have better search. We got to have in-content search. We got to have all of these search tools. But um, podcast listeners don't find content like that. No, no. There's been a long history of that. Um. There's been a lot of companies that have taken a run at that market and gone out of business. I'll just put it that way. It's true. I do <laughs> so, want to. I do want to uh, share a funny story. I was um, in a hotel I've stayed at quite a bit 
um, in the past, and um, uh, was it had been there a couple nights, and I kept hearing the doorway across the hall from me. It, 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 the door wouldn't shut, that, ho- and they had to push on it to shut it, and, and every time they shut, bang, bang. And, and, and I was, I don't know, I was working on something. It was eight, nine o'clock or whatever in the room. And, and, and keep hearing his door bang about every 23. What the heck's going on? Is someone, you know, are they going out and smoke or, and again, this isn't a decent place. Um, and, you know, 10, 30, 11, bang, bang. And I finally got my, I, I heard something and I went to my room door and I looked through the people and, um, it become very evident what was going on. There was a, lady across the um hallway that uh, she had a little enterprise going on so you know i'm like wow i didn't kind of realize that situation was happening here and and long story short i told the hotel management about the next morning but apparently my floor wasn't the only floor that was getting some uh, some traffic and uh so that following evening, they had security in the hallways. I've never seen security in this place before. So the the party ended. Uh, <laughs> well, the the party was over that night. Anyway, in New York, <laughs> in in New York, a uh, guy that was doing a a podcast, he was doing interviews, and he had so much traffic uh, from his interviews going in and out of his apartment that his landlords thought that there was. Um, maybe an Airbnb or something like that going on there. And he turned them, they turned him into management and, uh, basically he's getting evicted. He's right? getting evicted now because he's running his podcast out of his house and he's not making any money. He's just interviewing people. Uh, I, I'm just only, this can only happen in New York. This is just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, how many interviews is this guy doing is my question. I, I don't know, but it just... It, he says he's talked to more than 250 guests since his show launched three years ago. So that's not that many. Well, it's, it's still a lot. Three years. So he's probably done 150 episodes. So I guess that's not too bad. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah. and he's getting ejected yeah. and he's out of... He lives in East Village, but New York's funny about their uh, you know apartments and rents and rules and um and, and he's maybe he's rent subsidized because it's only 2100 bucks that seems cheap for you know for east uh, village yeah so uh okay but, here it is okay it says in the article the the bottom line is it, it's a violation of the housing code to be running an active business even if it's not making money Inside of a residential apartment, uh, other tenants don't feel secure. Is what it says here. Well, it's to me, it's just like you got to be kidding me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that's like saying you can't have friends over to talk. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's what I would do. I'd be like, "Oh, I'm having my friends over to talk." The recorder's turned on, but I, I think he's got a. I don't know. I think I'd get a lawyer, but New York being what it is, I, I don't know. They just they just seem anal about everything when it comes to apartments and rent and um, yeah. There's all kinds of weird stuff that happens there that wouldn't happen any other any part of the country. So I guess this is a warning to any of you that are 
you know, doing a interview show and you're doing it in your apartment, uh, keep it on the lowdown because, you know, you may get the eviction notice. Um, yeah. You know, people, it was, you know, they didn't know if he was running drugs or if there was a, you know, prostitution that was going on. But again, it, the guy was just doing a podcast. And, um, yeah. So he's got to find a new home for his podcast. He's got to move it out of his house. It's crazy. So I see that the Panoply signed a deal with the 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 William Morris um, group. I'm not a familiar with who, who's William Morris. I'm not a LA guy. They're 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 a real large um, LA talent um, group oh, down in LA. Hmm. So they they have um, kind of talent agents, right? That are represent talent. So it looks like they did a deal. I know everybody. I mean, that's always the the holy grail down in L.A. is to do a do a uh, talent deal with the WMA or the WME agency down mm. in L.A. So that's a big thing. They, they they represent some of the biggest talent groups in the or talent in the world. So does that mean they get exclusive with. access to those those creators then? With that talent? Is that what that means then? Uh yeah, it probably gives a gives some level of priority, yeah. Well, well that's I'm one. sure that that's the kind of kind of deal that uh Norm or uh Wondery would have loved to have. I think it's who who they are. Let me double check I think. Yeah. It's the William Morris agency. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's just a little bit different world. I don't I don't run in the content space. So uh you know, if you're a content person, I guess that's the you know, I've been so long in the service space, but maybe it's time to start looking at some of this a little closer. Or hire someone to do this, that. This so William Morris group uh, was formed in 1898. It's the longest running talent group um, in uh, in the world. Hmm. So they represent some of the biggest um, talent in the world. Some of the big names. So, some of the big the big wage earners. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. they've got a agency that's actually agents that are going to be. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, so there's going to be some big name talent that's going to be funneled over the over to Panoply going forward. So one thing that we should uh, I should talk a little bit about is I had something uh, interesting come up this uh, past week. Um, I had a vendor worked quite a bit with and um, had a deal put together, and we uh, got to the point where the deal was ready to, to be signed and the final list of shows were, were put down and the vendor got a little bit of cold feet because the shows, um, some of the shows that were on the buy were not currently doing um, advertising. So they, um, they felt a little yeah. bit of a resistance to doing the ad because um, they didn't have a sample from their you know, from their offering, we didn't, in other words, I couldn't give them a, a copy 
of a, of a read or of a host endorse that would have give them some reassurance that the show um, yeah. could could perform the ad. So yeah. as podcasters, I guess you know what we're probably going to have to start doing, and this is something that um, if you're listening, if you're not currently running advertising, um, you may want to create an ad around something that you love and something that you can uh, just do a, a dummy ad and have that uh, available. Uh, we're probably going to add that to our requirements document is to uh, basically create, uh, we're going to give some scripts and then have them create some horse and door spots that we can give to a potential advertiser as a sample. Um, because we're getting to the point now, again, where we're going into these shows that haven't had advertising in a long time or have never had advertising. And we've got media buyers are starting to wanting to buy into that group, but it's just another hurdle we're going to have to to uh, to cross. So I don't know if you've run into any of that at all, Rob, with uh, with companies that are wanting to run ads, but they they get hesitant because the the host maybe hasn't run an ad before. <clears throat> yeah, I think I mean generally advertisers want to work with shows that are <clears throat> that have a track record and. Um, have had a history of successful ad campaigns on their on their programs. I I think it's a reasonable ask um, generally, um, but then again, you know that's a catch twenty two for for a new podcaster. You know you can't <clears throat> have a history if you if nobody ever trusts you to run one. Right. <clears throat> so um, you have to start somewhere. So. Um, I would actually, I mean, I think your advice is good, Todd. I think, um, even starting out doing some ads, ad reads off of affiliate programs, um, is what I would do just to have a history and it helps you as a host become, uh, better skilled at doing reads. Um, yeah. uh, I, I don't think it's, it's something that comes to everyone. I, I don't think it's something that, uh, is easy, uh, to do. So you need to develop your your ad read muscles, if you mm-hmm. want to call it that, you gotta you gotta exercise those muscles. You gotta get used to doing it. Uh, it has to come smoothly. It has to be um, something that uh, you can deliver some passion uh, around, and that's that doesn't come automatically. No. Your first read not going to be that great. It's just no. it's just the way it is. Um, unless you're an Adam Carolla or a stand-up comedian that can deliver stuff uh, first time and do it well. But I would imagine even those guys have messed up yeah. um, reads before. So um, I would just, you know, practice, practice, practice. And I think it's what it will do, too, is if you just do a canned one to have one available, that probably is not going to be exactly what we want. You know, we're probably going to want, uh, and, you know, maybe the uh, doing something with a uh, an affiliate program where you're, you know, we can have 30 seconds of prelude to the ad, run into the ad, and then, you know, the, the you know, 30 seconds post um, will kind of give a, an advertiser a little bit of a lead in and see how you make that transition and then how you perform and then how you come out of it and back into the content. So I think, uh, you know, that's probably going to, I think, Rob, your advice is probably really good is uh, go over to Commission Junction or something like that, set up a, a, an account. Uh, again, a, a few affiliate deals going on with stuff that you love, and then make some ads for those affiliate deals. And uh, 
you know, you can promote the banner on your website or promote a link because with InCommission Junction, you can create a, uh, a trackable link and you can also do the banners too. So, um, you know, yeah. I think maybe that's what we're going to ultimately have to do to get, you know, it's just like, and, and to be honest with you, it was, uh, it was a campaign with 32 shows on it and uh, they basically rejected 26 of them Wow. Um, because they had no current advertising in it, and I was just in it, and I was frankly frustrated because um, it was very niche. I mean, a very niche campaign, something that um, you know I had to work hard to find thirty-two shows to to put up to begin with, mm-hmm. and, and then uh, for the me- media buyer to come back and say, "Well, we're we're not comfortable." Because these folks haven't run it. And to be honest with you, that's the first time that has ever happened. I've never had that particular um, situation come up. But if it's if it's popped once, it's going to pop again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, if, I, if, if I'm giving advice here, <clears throat> I mean, before you even do those affiliate um, campaigns, I would, I would go listen to a bunch of podcasts that are doing ads right. Todd, I don't know if there's any that we can recommend right off here that a person should go listen to, to try and get it right. I know Joe Rogan does some great ad reads. <clears throat> um, Adam Carolla does some great ad reads, but it's hard to compete with those guys. I mean, I, I, is there any that you can think of that are around a long time, Todd, that you could, could recommend for, for somebody to go listen to as a good model? I guess uh, uh, Leo Laporte's a good example. Yeah. Leo's um, a good, good one. Yeah. I've done, of course, I do this. You know, my ads may not be a good example because I've been doing my ads so long. I I don't have to do a full fledged hardcore sell every episode. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, Leo Laporte on Twit would be a good one. But you know, the problem is, is we're gonna. I guess what we're gonna have to do, Rob, maybe a homework assignment for myself and my team is we're just gonna have to go out and find some, you know, ten or twelve shows and <clears throat> get the time hacks for people so they don't waste time. They can actually find you know, find the ads and, and listen through. But podcasters yeah. should be listening to podcasts. If you're not listening to any other podcasts, then you're doing yourself a disservice because you can learn a lot by listening to other podcasters. You can say, Ooh, I'm not going to do that. Ooh, I should yeah. do that. You know, you're going to learn a lot from listening to a, a variety of shows. That's why I listen to so many shows, such a variety of shows. Yeah. I mean, that's how this, <clears throat> this medium was built, was built on, people sharing like that and yeah. people listening to other shows and uh, you know liking what other hosts are doing and then kind of copying that i hate to say it but um that's been going on for a long time that's what built the world wide web was sharing of little bits of code yep <clears throat> and they still do that coders still go online and they go to github and they look for a piece of code and grab it and reuse it and you know they don't yep. have to redo that hard work <clears throat> yep so yeah i was a, you know it's a- from the the mistakes of others. Yeah. yeah and it, and it, for me, it was a little bit disappointing too, um, because this particular vendor was really, I mean, a really, I mean, I was really excited to see them come on, uh, the, co- the specific company, cause it was just perfect. I mean, I, it was a, a marriage made in heaven when it came to the shows we were going to be in and the advertiser, I had no doubt in my mind that this campaign was just going to absolutely destroy it. I just knew from, you know, my heart. And then the media buyer got cold feet. And, uh, 
and and be honest with you, he reduced the 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 campaign so much that we went below our minimum ad spend, and um, and what I have found, and I, I think I've said this before on the show, is if I do an ad deal with a media buyer and he comes in for let's say let's just say fifty thousand dollars for a quarter, you know I might yeah. hear from that advertiser once a month. You know, I'm sending a report every week. There might be a few exchange of emails. They've checked the show and have a concern. You know, just very minor administrative load on that guy that's doing the $50,000 quarter buy as compared to the guy that comes in at our min spend. And then maybe I let one slide through and they're below min spend. I, I'm, I, I find I'm spending working 10 times as hard on that min spend show that um because when they're when they're spending a smaller amount of money they're much more concerned about performance i got a fire truck or something coming i don't know if you can hear that through the mic or not i can yeah so it uh you know so when we get to a certain level on spend i'm just i have to say no you know, I just—it's just because I'm working for free is what I'm working. You know, yeah. And uh, and I and I, I you know, I'm sorry, I'm I don't work for free. Yeah. And if it's a new vendor, and I want, and I think, oh, there's huge potential here. You know, I'll take one for the team. Don't get me wrong, but um, I, I don't know. It's 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 a fine line. Yeah, it is. And it goes to a Forbes article. Forbes says, Special Delivery, Crafting the Perfect Podcast Ad. And uh, and they talk, they do an uh, interview with, uh, or, or ask some questions of folks from Ad Results out of uh, Houston. And, um, you know, Ad Results does do a good job in prepping the podcaster by having a kickoff meeting and, um, you know, answer questions about the product. <coughs> They also deliver, you get to test the product, um, so that, you know, but they're mostly doing DR, you know, direct response ads. So, yeah, they're trying to kick things off at a, you know, get that extra bounce in the very, very beginning. We do that too. We do kickoff meetings on every ad deal we do. So, eh, it is, it is what it is. And yes. uh, you win some, you lose some. But uh, for podcasters listening that don't have any advertising, it's time to start putting advertising in your show. Whether it's advertising another show, or you got to get you got to get the craft down. As Rob says, you got to train train your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> and train your brain. Well, and also keep your audience in mind uh, as you're doing it too. I mean, you're. You're in somebody's ear. You're, I mean, you need to be easy to listen to about it, and not, not feel like you're, you know, overbearing about your ad either. No. So. And it's you know, and yeah. it, it, and you got to do, you got to be able to promote something that you are truly behind too, because you know, I, I, I tell podcasters on if you are not, if you don't like this product, please say no, please say no to the campaign. I'd rather take you yeah. off, and I'd rather save, you know, because because what's going to do? It's gonna, your audience are going to be like, does does he or she really like this stuff? Yeah, exactly. It's going to come They're through. Gonna, yeah, it's definitely going to come through. Some some through. annotation, some tone, something you say, 
you're going to get to the point in the promotion where you say, ah, you know, like the promo deal, you're not going to be happy with the promo deal or something. And you're going to, you're going to annotate and your audience is going to smell that like, oh my God. It's, it's like you, you ever had a dead mouse in your garage or your house, Rob? Yeah. You walk through and I'll, yeah. you're like, Something smell, smells smell bad. that, yeah, that's right. smell that. Yeah. Where's, and you go, then what do you do? You start searching corners you know, where did you put some poison down? You start looking from there. You know, you go looking you start, for for a dead rat, yeah. for a dead mouse. You know. Yep. And uh, the and audience you start be, start questioning. I mean, you start questioning everything that you're hearing. That's right. Too, because it doesn't count. It doesn't sound genuine. Right. It doesn't sound believable. And it, then it can trickle into your content. People, if they doubt, if you're, if they, if you've risen to doubt based upon your your ad spot. Then they go, oh, then where's your credibility go with your audience? So, you know, only, I mean, please, folks, only do an ad on a product that you can say, yep, I would use this, or I think my or my audience could use this. And it may not be something that you can use right now, but it's something you could say, oh, man, my, I, I have listeners that could use this. This will help them. And if you can say that, then you're going to have a very successful campaign on any advertising you do. Yeah. But, you know, Rob, I still, there's still this disconnect on, on uh, CPA deals. I still, in all these years, I've never been able to figure out the secret sauce of making a CPA-only campaign successful from an execution standpoint. We have never really been able to execute a purely CPA deal with the type of success I expect from a campaign. But at the same point, I turn that into. Why a, is that? Why I, is that? I, I don't know why don't, it's why it's so different. I don't know. Than a CPM campaign. I don't know. You know, and I and I'll flip that. If I run a fifty-fifty, half the people on CPM, half the people on CPA, the, and it's exact same read, it's exact same product, it's exactly the same offer. The CPM deal will always outperform the CPA deal, and I'm just like, why? And oftentimes, if, if we if we could me neither, if we could get them to perform as good on CPM as a CPA, they would actually make more money. <laughs> that's the, that's well, you know, the kicker. I mean, I mean, let's let's talk about what's different between those two campaigns because I think there is a little bit of uh, difference, and I think it gets oh, back yeah. to what we were just talking about. I think it really gets back to what we were just talking about, and I think it's. It's around the content provider feeling like they're in a real partnership with the advertiser. Um, yes, they're getting, they're actually getting paid. There, there's a value correct. in knowing that I'm going to get a check written for this. I'm guaranteed payment. I'm, I'm going to deliver more energy to that ad or, or more, more of whatever that X factor is that's going to convert yep. more. I think it happens more. Yep. I've seen it with CPA as well. Where people are a little bit more kind of like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't really want to be doing this ad because I'm not really not getting paid to do it. Really, who knows what my results are going to be? I may be wasting my time, and oftentimes that's what happens. <laughs> it's a self fulfilling prophecy that happens. Yep. Um, and, but, and it's really unfortunate. But if podcasters could get in the mindset, yes, I'm going to get paid for this spot, and treat it the same. They don't need yeah. me. They don't need you. They'll go to Commission Junction, sign up for five Commission Junction deals, and they pick the highest. They pick the products that they love. They make money hand over fist. 
I mean, you have to be confident that you're going to be successful. Sure, there's going to be bumps in the road, but you have to be consistently confident that what you're doing is going to be successful, even if it isn't. Uh, and it may not be successful every single time. If you bring the attitude to it where you're, you're treating it just like a CPM deal, um, you're more likely to, yeah. I think, get some results. And, and if you so. do a uh... – if you if you also look at it from the perspective of don't look at your numbers, don't look, you know, this is what I tell media buyers. I'm like, I'm just telling you up front, the first two, if we have a bunch of day, uh, weekly shows, I said, you cannot panic the first two weeks of the campaign. Yeah. And I'm just telling yeah. you, you have to hold your breath. Yeah, you do. You have yeah. to hold your breath. Now, week three, if we're not seeing conversions, then we have a concern, okay? Then, then we have a right to, to, to start looking at things at a much deeper level. But the first two weeks, you got to hold on, you know, and, and trust me. Now, there are some podcasters that deliver right out of the gate, but it's human nature. Yeah, but that's... It's human nature. That's rare. It's rare, and it's human nature that we want, as, as, as a listener, you want to be introduced to a product. You want to be told about the benefits. And, you know, you, you want to be able to have two or three of those and not the same exact thing being told to you every week. Yeah. You need to have an, an yeah. a, 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 a evolving story. <clears throat> and when you do, you're going to do incredible performance on those campaigns. And, and, and also at the same time, is it, you you if you're doing CPA and you're putting your heart into it, and then you have to be willing to put the work in to, you know, and not panic those first two or three weeks. So, and I, and I think that the results come over long periods of time in podcasts because um, people have to hear a certain amount of frequency before they will. And when I say frequency. It's uh, repetition, yeah. right, um, of of the message before they actually think to convert or have the confidence to convert or have it align with their interest in their lives. Uh, I think there's a time lag there, um, and it's it's not always going to happen. It depends on what the product is too. Um, some products that are promoted in podcasts are bigger purchases; other ones are smaller ones. Um, so you have to, you know, those transactions on the larger size tend to happen over longer time frames than things that are typically smaller transactions, um, which can happen on shorter time frames. Um, but, so. but, but oftentimes companies don't even know what their acquisition costs are. So when you talk to, you know, I, I'll, I ask a vendor, what, you know, what is your current acquisition cost for a new customer? And they can't, if they can't yeah. answer that to me, if they can't tell me it's costing, you know, when we're doing a banner, it's costing us $43 to gain a new customer. Or if when we're doing a radio, it's costing us X number of dollars to get a new customer. When they can't tell me that, then my response always back to them is, because I want to know that up front. Yeah. So that when we get to the end of the campaign, and they say, well, this didn't perform as well, I'd be like, you don't know how your radio or digital performs. How can you say we didn't perform? Yeah. You know, and if a vendor comes back, say, oh, yeah, it cost us $22 to gain a customer on uh, 
digital and it's uh, $33 on radio. That's kind of our, our standard that we've, what we've seen. And if I can get, uh, you know, the way I look at it, so I'm competing them the closest to radio. If I beat his cost per acquisition costs on radio, I'm, you know, they're going to write a bigger check. Or if it costs yep. 36 or 37 or 40 and maybe I'm still within the margin of okay. Um, or what if I deliver it five, you know? Again, again it goes back mm-hmm. to the importance of not uh, not uh, uh, pumping the numbers, you know? Because if you have this great campaign and you've, you've done a multiplier by six when you build a advertiser, he's going to think that, oh, this performs about the same as radio. I don't, I just buying radio is easier you know so mm-hmm. you could have just shot yourself in the foot so I I, and I don't know I'm just um, yeah. You know, as, as the money comes in we just need to be prepared for a new type of uh, you know we're going to have to go the extra mile to convince them this is where we where, where they need to be and at the same mm-hmm. time we need to um, uh have some samples uh again i've never been asked i never had a media buyer do that to me so that was a yeah yeah you know and i understand where they're coming from but um and i hope they're listening (laughs) yeah Uh, well maybe i hope he's yeah i was going to mention that uh there's Another National Association of Broadcasters conference coming up uh, in in New York in October on the 18th and 19th, and they're they're going to be covering some podcasting topics down there. I see that there's five panel sessions, content sessions at that event um, that's going to have podcasting topics. Who's leading that? Uh, well, it's the national, the NAB folks. Uh, actually, there's one session down there called. Are reaching for the golden mic part one. There's actually two parts to it. But who's that? Pursuit of fame in podcasting. Uh, Rob Walsh and Stephen Goldstein uh-huh. from the Amplify Media folks. He's those are the two two presenters. So Rob's going to be back at the NAB show back in New York in October. So who's the other presenters on the other panels? Uh, let's see here. Let me look him up here really Is quick. Is Jacobs running that or? Uh, it doesn't appear so. Okay. Here's, so part two, Pursuit of Podcasting is probably, oh, part two of that same series, Reaching for the Golden Mike, part two, The Pursuit of Fortune in Podcasting. Uh, Jessica Kufferman is on that session. Oh, so they definitely and went to the Pamela, Yeah. Pamela Ann Berry is the is also on that session. So it looks like they reached into the Libsyn pool and pulled the whole team. <laughs> what it looks like. What it looks like. Well, I'm sure Rob said that he was going to go, and so they they put some panel sessions around it. I was thinking about going, but I, I don't know. I don't think I even got asked. So well, I, I they actually thought I was going, but uh, um. But I told them that I wasn't planning on it at this point. Uh, let's see. There's another session around, uh, not specifically podcasting, but talking about emerging business models and uh, digital audio. Talking about that's with Stephen Goldstein again. 
Yeah, so. he's right there in New York too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angela's going to be on a panel um, October nineteenth with uh, oh different the same day. Oh, it's yeah. but this oh. oh oh maybe that's part of this hmm. Oh, this at be, the NAB show. Uh, he I don't think he's going to the NAB show. I think he's going to a. This is more of a technical. Let me go look at the calendar. Maybe it's a subpart of the NAB show there. Oh, uh, oh, like an offshoot, yeah, you know, event let, or something. Let me, let me look here. Go to October. Yeah, because the event is the 18th and the 19th. So if he's oh, there, yeah, he is. Yeah. So the 19th, Javis Center. Yeah, he's at Javits, he's so he is, he doesn't have it in his appointment calendar. Is it the audio engineering? Yeah, 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 it it's an audio engineering one. Yeah. Audio engineering society? Yep, yep, and he's in a panel uh 4 o'clock or something like that. So he'll be, the, so that's part of the NAB show. I guess. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't even realize. Crap. And then he's meeting with clients on Friday. He's going to make the rounds, go see ESPN, ABC, a whole bunch of other people. Oh, okay. Let's say Maximum Audio New York. Um, yeah, it's a companion event, it looks like. Huh. I'm looking up. I'm trying to find maybe his session here. Or is he? Yes, Special tracks. It's about metrics. Oh, about metrics. Okay. There's lots of events popping up all over the place right now. Yeah. Lots. Too many. I know I was talking to the PodCon folks. Their event up here in Seattle. I guess, aren't you going to have a booth up here? We are. We're going to be at that? PodCon. Yep. Yep. I'm going to have one too, I think, at this point. It's It's reasonable. It's so close for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to be so, at FinCon yeah. at the end of the month. So. Oh, okay. Awesome. So we're only going to send McKenzie. We're going to see what happens there. We just don't know how to judge the traffic of that event. You know, do you send three people? Do you send one? Do you send five? You know, you just you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you're better off to go go light on on, on some of these events, I think, at the yep. beginning. Yep. So, Until they they really prove themselves. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, she'll be there Thursday, Friday, I think of uh, of the twenty sixth and twenty seventh, and then I'm going to be I will be coming up to PodCon, uh, still talking with them on whether or not they want to do any sessions or not. So I know they are a little bit kind of wishy washy on that. Yeah, have you kind of got that impression too? Yep, yep. Yeah. I think they're trying to figure it out. You know. I figure out who they're going to. Well, that, and I think that they're they're, I think they tend to want to gravitate towards the hosts of shows that are familiar to them that are like maybe in the top top lists in iTunes mm-hmm. um, as the people that they want to have on their, their their sessions. So I'm not the folks that are orga- organizing this are not really of the podcasting community or nope. from the podcasting space or they're more from the video world. Yep. Uh, from from YouTube, uh, 
But but Todd, did you hear that Jim Lauterbach is now the CEO of uh, the the parent company of of VidCon? Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, we talked about that already. Oh, you did. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So so anyway, it'll be interesting that that particular event. It's kind of a fan event, but I think they they want it to be a little bit more than that. I was a little bit surprised that they have it up that they're having it in Seattle actually. So, but I'm not going to complain too much. It's easy to, to get to for me. Yep. All right. That's where we at on time. We're over. Oh, we still have about 10 minutes left. Um, I think five to 10. Yeah. I think the, you know, it's just been an interesting, the week, we, you know, it's someone had asked in Facebook, uh, Someone says podcasting on a decline, and I just kind of laughed. I'm like, uh, no, no, it's not. Uh, you know, we, I, I, I think we've had three record-setting sales days in in August uh, or in September already. Um, audience continues to grow. I, I, at the space is, uh, you know, it's it's the space right now is doing very very well. So I'm, uh, yeah. I'm 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 pretty uh, pleased with where the space is at. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty hot right now. I think um, it's been as as hot um, as it's ever been. I yeah. think right now. Yep. I I don't think we're. So, I don't think it's any um, going to be any issue uh, for growth this year. I think we're going to be you know see great growth. I still want to see something out of Google. Well, um, they haven't reached out yet, so uh, I don't know. We'll see. I think they're probably within 30, 30 to 45 days of, of pulling their proposal together, I would imagine. So we'll see. New site that just popped up that I just found access to. It's called... Um, Something that just rotated in on Pod to Pod. It's called Podcast Easy. It's a <clears throat> content management for serious podcasters. It says we make it easy to create and manage podcasts with content management planning, sharing, and teamwork tools. So, yeah. what is their pricing on this? Um, hmm. Up to so, and I think next next week we're going to be doing the show on Saturday, Saturday morning. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm I'm just looking here because it's International Podcast Day, and it is. Yeah. So, um, let me look at their schedule. They've they've been scrambling their uh, their web streaming provider kind of. Do we want to just not not do a show next week just because of that? Well, let's see just here. Not pull pull attention away from that yeah i'm just kind of looking at the time zones here so what's going to be happening at uh, on saturday uh saturday at six at 9 a.m pst um is a session on strategy and tools you can know to make better make make use to better know your podcast audience and then 10 to 11 is the challenges of building a podcast studio. And then from 11 to 12, PST is uh, our session. Um, it's going to be Mike and Sean, uh, podcast problems, what to do when things go wrong. Um, 
I, I don't know. It's like I, I, I'm I'm torn whether we should be uh, not doing a show because of International Podcast Day and and uh, or or doing one because it is International Podcast Day. <laughs> yeah, I, I think maybe we just plan to go ahead and 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 do one, and then uh, and hopefully we won't pull away from their event. And um, we can talk about it and send people over there for sure. So let's just plan on doing a show. Okay. Okay. Uh, and uh, who knows? Maybe there'll be lots of cool news this week. Maybe there'll be more gun gun stories to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's more coming, Todd. But uh, we want to make sure that you all are supporting International Podcast Day, too. So there's all kinds of uh, uh, cool stuff going on, lots of speakers. It all kicks off Friday, September 29th at 4 a.m. or 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with the uh, Podcast Day team. And then they they roll down to Australia uh, and they move all over the place. And Evo Terrace is in Thailand and then... Someone is uh, actually doing a pot, uh, doing a session out of China. So wow, oh, it's, uh, wow. and then and then it moves to. It looks like the nine to ten p.m. PST is still open for for Friday. That's interesting. Um, oh, I wonder if they need some slots still filled. Well, I suppose we could. Uh, so that's on Friday. Yeah, there's a Friday from 9 to 10 Pacific on Friday. What's going on Friday? Uh, Well, it's up to you if you want to reach out to Dave and see if they need someone in that slot or not. Well, we could do do our new media show in that slot. Yeah, if they wanted us to. So. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. um, You want to reach out to Dave and see if he wants us in there? And we sure. can. Do- All right. That works. From nine to ten Pacific. Yeah, nine to ten Pacific on Friday. And uh, that does kind of kind of get in the way of a few things. On, oh, does it for you on the speaker side? But uh, but I might be able to. What are you doing? Excuse at no- what are you do- What are you doing at nine p.m. on a Friday? Oh, 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 nine! I thought it was nine a.m. No, nine p.m. Oh, oh, nine p.m. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I was like, holy cow! There's slave drivers over there making you work uh, at uh, nine that's p.m. Right, working around the clock. Oh that's man, right, I, around the clock. I'm the only one that does that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if it's 9 p.m. on Friday, I think we can definitely do that. All right. That probably yeah. works for me, too. So, so all okay. right. Yeah, reach out and see if they're looking for someone to fill that hole. So, they may already have someone in there. But so, how are they? Yeah, so how are they? They're using doing the, Google Groups. This year. They're, or they're using Google Hangouts. Okay. Google Hangouts. Okay. All right. So, I actually need okay. to do some testing in Google Hangouts too. So anyway, that's that's that. Okay. Hey folks, so we'll we'll let you know uh, social media what we're gonna do, and then um, we'll uh, we'll keep you advised. But yeah, big weekend coming up next weekend, and uh, 
it's going to be a full weekend for me because I, I get done Saturday with the uh, podcast rewards and all that stuff. Then I, I fly out Sunday um, for uh, at least one destination known. The rest of the destinations are this time top, very highly classified. Top secret. Top secret. <laughs> That's top uh, secret. Yes. yes you, just yes. Ne- you just never know what uh, I have kicking here. So, All right, folks. Uh, thanks so much. And uh, okay, thank how, you. How can they reach you, Rob? Uh, Rob at Spreaker.com is a great way to reach me. Rob at Rob.com works as well. Send us your, your tips and your, uh, your leads. We got a couple of those this week that were helped us uh, talk about interesting stuff on the show. So we definitely are all ears and we will protect your, uh, like I say, your anonymity. Um, just so we can share, you know, what's happening in the space. So sometimes these, these little tips are important to, to get out. Yeah. Um, but the person doesn't want to be linked up with it. Uh, we totally understand. Yeah. So, yeah, but we do love those tips. Those little, uh, insider information things. That's cool. Yes. The fly on the wall uh, tips. Yes. Cause I mean, we know there's a number of you listening to the show. There being flies on the wall too. So. Everyone, thanks yes. for being here. You can reach me at uh, Todd at Blueberry.com or at Geek News on Twitter. Of course, I do the Geek News Central podcast, a tech show twice a week. And, uh, and I'm looking for people to be on the Podcast Legends show. So if you want to be on there and you've been podcasting at least 10 years, let me know. All right, everyone. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on the new mini show. Everyone, take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>